joined in this segment by State Senator Steve McClure. And, uh, Senator, good morning to you. We hope everything is well with you. Good morning. Thanks. Everything's well. Good to hear. Um, so you guys wrapped up uh, a pandemic special session under uh, different circumstances than uh, you know before uh, when you guys were in session early March. Uh, let's do, um, you know, I guess a post-mortem here. Um, what's your uh, general takeaway of how session went? Well, you know, Republicans have been calling for a special session, excuse me, any session at all for weeks and weeks. And the main reason was to deal with COVID-19 and specifically the executive orders that have affected the lives of everyone in the state to such a uh, drastic uh, degree. And unfortunately, that's really one area where we didn't do anything. And uh, we've been calling for public hearings. I think uh, everyone that I speak to, and I speak to a ton of people every day, wants to let uh, the governor know, wants to let everyone in the General Assembly know that, uh, you know, either our region is different or this particular business should be opened or allowed to do things differently. And we didn't get to have those discussions, unfortunately, which I think would have been helpful for everybody, uh, certainly would have been helpful for the governor. Well, you guys did so pass, but, but you guys did pass like an oversight group, right? Yeah, great. You know, it's like uh, anytime things uh, should be dealt with and people don't want to deal with them, it's always, oh, let's just do a committee that's going to, you know, discover something several months from now, you know. And it, that was the same thing with ethics, too. There's, there's, there's not been the legislation that I think everybody wants to really uh, take care of our ethics issues. You know, it's just like an ethics commission that has to meet and, and, and review things and, and they can make recommendations instead of actually doing anything. So that's kind of what the General Assembly does, unfortunately, is pass the buck. And, uh, you know, they can always give the excuse that, well, we're we're working on that because there's a commission or there's a committee or whatever. Uh, we need to actually do things that, that, that solve our problems, I think. We're talking with uh, State Senator Steve McClure, uh, getting kind of, uh, you know, a, a post-take of a session that happened. And I want to talk about the budget a bit here in a bit, um, but... Uh, this issue of phase three uh, reopening here, yeah. Is there anything? I'm trying to trying to think of the best way to ask this. What in state law allows one person to reshape the economy? Is that anywhere, uh, you know, in state law that that gives the governor the authority to, you know, say restaurants have to comply with these new requirements? The governor has pretty broad emergency powers. Um, for this for an executive order, but it, it is limited to 30 days. So what's going to be in court and decided now at some point soon, we assume, uh, is whether or not that 30-day period that the governor has can be extended indefinitely. And based on what the governor's been saying about COVID-19, as long as there is still COVID-19 in existence in the state of Illinois, he can declare an emergency. So really, he could, in perpetuity, continuously declare an emergency every 30 days. And, and his office's view is that the 30-day limit just means that every 30 days you have to reevaluate whether or not the emergency still exists. And, and members of the General Assembly and, and members of the public who have been a part of lawsuits that are currently pending have taken a different perspective in that the reason that there's 30 days that is uh, 
limited for these executive orders is because you've only got 30 days to have this extraordinary amount of power to uh, mandate certain things. So that's going to be up to the courts to decide who's right on that. Um, I tend to believe that the reason that 30 days is limited is because you have 30 days. You know, it's, it's an emergency. Fine, you've got 30 days. After that, the General Assembly should get involved, and there needs to be legislation that involves our co-equal branch of government. But we'll see what the courts rule. It's going to be interesting. State Senator Steve McClure is with us on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. And, and Senator, you know, judging from the news, I, I know I don't know if you've uh, heard about this, but the federal government has said that Illinois meets all five criteria for reopening. It's the only state in the union that does. You know, now that we've done this and, and had these actions here and uh, we seem to still be in, in this slow pace to reopen Illinois, if this pandemic flares up again and we have to go back to where we did in mid-March, do you see Illinois complying as well as they did back in mid-March? No. Uh, you know, I come from a district, or I shouldn't say I come from the district. I live in Springfield, but I represent a district that has Scott County, for example. Scott County is one of two counties in the entire state that has never had a COVID-19 case and still to this moment does not have a COVID-19 case. No one has at least tested positive for it. I've got several other counties that have no current COVID-19 cases. I, I represent a part of Madison County. Madison County has, uh, the county board has said, basically, we're going to have our own rules and we're going to do things our way because, uh, you know, local government should be more of a factor in these decisions that are, are so, some of which are so devastating to businesses. And, and, and so the, I just don't see the compliance now that there used to be weeks ago. And certainly in the future, you know, the governor had his time period where, where everyone was told we're going to flatten the curve and everyone do your part. Once the ball uh, moved down the court and uh, the governor's objectives changed to now something else where we have to have a total cure, uh, that I think really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And so I think he's going to have a real hard time trying to push that across at least the, the nine counties that I represent. Senator, uh, one of the main things that state lawmakers have to do every year is to pass an annual appropriations measure. Uh, that was done um, mainly along party lines. I think there were some Democrats in the House that voted against the $40 billion state spending budget, but that relies heavily on uh, a lot of borrowing. Um, is, that, yeah. uh, is, that, is that balanced uh, per the Constitution? It's not balanced. It's $6 billion out of balance. Uh, I think they depend upon $5 billion being borrowed from the federal government or, or getting just outright relief on COVID-19 from the federal government. So, uh, you know, we still don't know what the federal government is going to do. I, I, I do know that the governor talks regularly to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Um, but obviously, to pass something federally, you've got to get Pelosi and, the, and Mitch McConnell on board as well, and the President of the United States has to be on board. And I don't know that that was the best strategy to have so much uh, of our funds depend upon what the federal government is going to do, because as everyone knows, the governor has been outright picking fights with the President of the United States, which I've certainly criticized, and for no real reason in many cases, just kind of to get a few punches in uh, during a time of crisis which I certainly have not done to the governor, and, and um, I don't think that it's smart or beneficial to anyone to do, to do that to the president of the United States. 
And then finally here, Senator, uh, one of the things that I saw uh, late last week when some of the budget documents were surfacing uh, and it ultimately was passed as part of the budget implementation bill, um, it's allowing for uh, undocumented residents to access Medicaid if they're over 65. Uh, what's the justification for that? And how can we you know, have that kind of spending considering the uh, state's financial constraints? Quite frankly, Greg, we moved, we moved through these bills so quickly, and at the last minute, I mean, I think we didn't vote on the budget until uh, maybe one fifteen, maybe maybe later than that. I, I'm, everything's kind of groggy morning, from the right? weekend. <laughs> it's early yeah, Sunday sometime morning. Sunday morning, very, very early. The public was not awake. I'd say 90% of the public was probably asleep. Uh, so a lot of these things didn't get addressed, and quite honestly, Greg, uh, you know, the Democrats didn't care uh, what we thought about certain things. They had the votes, and they were going to pass this. And it is what it is. I mean, another part of it was the cost of living increases for legislators. Now, it says in the legislation that, you know, zero dollars is allocated for the cost of living increase for legislators. In other words, a pay increase for legislators. However, (laughs) this year, nothing was passed that says we decline. As the General Assembly, we decline our pay increase. Nothing was passed last year either. But they also uh, passed a, a cost of living uh, you know, the amount of money for the cost of living was, was put into the budget. So, you know, every year since, I think, 2010, except for last year and this year, uh, the General Assembly has declined the cost of living increase. And so it's that's another thing that's going to probably be up to the courts. But uh, there's tricky ways of doing things, and those tricks were played recently at a very bad time to play those tricks. And just to put it out there, the comptroller says no money was appropriated for that, and she insists that there's not going to be any pay raise for legislators. State Senator Steve McClure, thank you so much for taking time this morning and giving us a a bit of a a hot take on the uh, special pandemic legislative session from last week. Absolutely, Greg. Good to talk to you guys.